This episode of Continuing Mission is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Welcome everyone to another episode of Continuing Mission, our look at the ways in which fans are keeping Star Trek alive. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and the primary focus of this show is on the fan series, or as I prefer to call them, independent productions, that tell new stories set in the Star Trek universe. So far on this show, we've talked about the visual medium, fan series or films that bring Star Trek back to life on the screen. But not everyone takes this approach to storytelling. Audio dramas are another popular way that fans continue the missions of Starfleet. And without the visuals to fall back on, bringing Star Trek to life through sound alone can be challenging. One group that is doing it very well is Star Trek The Continuing Mission. Now, that's not this show, but rather a series that follows the adventures of the USS Montana. After a three-year hiatus, Star Trek The Continuing Mission released their eighth episode this month, May 10th, 2014 to be specific, if you're listening to this somewhere down the road. Episode 8, Cathedral in the Void, is an H.P. Lovecraft-inspired story. Lovecraft, the father of modern horror, consigned his unspeakable creations to the farthest reaches of the final frontier. And for Starfleet, it was only a matter of time. Most call them aliens. Some know them as the Elder Gods. In the time before time, they ruled the Earth. And now, the only thing that can stop their return is Captain Edwards and the crew of the USS Montana. Today I'm joined by three members of the TCM team, director Patrick McRae, producer Sebastian Pruth, and sound designer Matthew Blondain, to learn more about the genesis of the series and the episode, how they create an audio drama from start to finish, and where the continuing mission is headed in the future. Before we jump into the interview, though, here's a clip of Cathedral in the Void. They're coming. They've been here forever. We're the intruders. Nurse, I need 12 cc's Dilemmadon. Uh, yes, Doctor. I have spoken to those who walk between the stars. We are nothing. Please hurry. Here, Doctor. Within the cathedral, we must erect the altar and appease the old ones. Skies are always black. Couldn't see anything. Before the universe began. Crawling chaos. The blackest stone. Older than the universe. Not meant to be. Like insects to them. Beyond our capacity to believe. Trouble to hear them. 
flaking skin. That was enough to knock out a bull elephant. Colors. He can't take much more Colors of this. coming down. Good stuff, right? Now, let's find out how it all comes together. Hello, Matthew, Patrick, and Sebastian. Welcome to the show, which coincidentally, as we talked about before the show, has the same name as your audio drama, Continuing Mission. So, except for the definite article, you guys have that up on me there. So, but welcome. Thanks for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, before we jump into things here, introduce yourselves and tell everyone what you do, both your roles in voice, if you're doing that on the show, as well as in production, so everyone will know who they're listening to as you talk. Okay. Um, my name is Sebastian uh, Pruth. I'm the executive producer of Star Trek The Continuing Mission. I also helped create it um, with Andy Tyra back in 2007. And um, beyond being the producer, I'm the um, chief janitor as well. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, how about you, Patrick? Uh, I've been with Continuing Mission since the very beginning. Um, I play Jack McGuire and uh, a number of other voices and uh, am, uh, you know, a general nuisance. Um, and uh, I, uh, I kind of, you know, serve as uh, you know, a little bit of story editor now and then. I direct most of the Knoxville cast, which is a lot of the cast, um, and corral actors together and so on. I'm a director by trade, so I, I have access to a lot of actors, and I know a lot of actors, and they're all Star Trek fans, so it's perfect. Knoxville, well, close to my old stomping grounds. I actually was born and grew up in Birmingham. Oh. So not too far away. Not too far at all. I traveled far, far and, and wide now, though, over here in Japan. All right, great. Well, Matt, how about you? Uh, Mathieu Blondin, uh, a little Canadian, French-Canadian up here from uh, Gatineau, and I'm the audio engineer, webmaster for Star Trek to continue mission. Excellent. Great. Well, guys, you know, productions like this that you're doing, they're really a labor of love. And I, and I say labor not to suggest that it's unpleasant in any way, but there is a lot of work that goes into producing, you know, any kind of fan production, and especially these audio dramas. And, and you guys really you know, pull out all the stops with your with your music and your sound and the effects on the voices to really pull the audience in. So there's a lot of work that goes into it. So clearly you love Star Trek and you love creative pursuits. So to give the listeners a bit of background before we talk about the show itself, you know, how did you become Star Trek fans in the first place? And then I also want to know, which is your favorite series? Sebastian, how about you? Well, I suppose I became a Star Trek fan uh, because my brother was a Star Trek fan in about 1990, uh, living in South Bend, Indiana, uh, where there were very few Star Trek conventions, but there were some. Uh, Jonathan Frakes and Michael Dorn came to the South Bend Century Center and went to some conventions and met them and uh, became enamored with Star Trek and everything it stood for, from just being a television show to characters to the actual, um, ev everything that goes into making it behind the scenes, I became fully rounded in my love for the show, and um, it sort of lasted, um, I guess, uh, at this point, 24 years. I just uh, absolutely love it. So, 
never goes away once you get hooked. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess my favorite show would have to be uh, Star Trek Next Generation because that's what I grew up watching. Uh, There is no substitute for Jean-Luc Picard or uh, Data. I think they're fantastic characters. Great, great. Well, Patrick, how about you? Yes. It's all about Neelix. Oh, really? (laughs) No, no, God, You had a little bit of Neelix voice going there, I think. I did. I did. It's uh, it's, it's allergy season. Um, (laughs) So that was the problem uh, with Neelix. He had allergies on the ship for seven years. They were vast, vast problems. He just was an allergy on the ship. (laughs) It was all that. It was that hydroponics bay. Kess, that was not a great idea after all. I just, just anyway, um, I uh, I was really lucky in that I grew up when Star Trek boomed in syndication. Mm-hmm. My father had watched it when he was in the service, and he was a big fan of it. And so I got to grow up in that period when it was ubiquitous; it was everywhere. Uh, I never knew Star Trek when it wasn't a success. Uh, I was of the perfect age to have the Mego Bridge. When it first came out, you know, the legendary, one of the greatest toys of all time. And um, so I followed it passionately uh, for my whole whole life, you know, off and on. And it was really cool because it was on uh, Sunday mornings at 11, which is, you know, typically church time. But Gene Roddenberry is notoriously post-theological. And so it was great because it was this secular homily that you would get once a week. And uh, so every aspect of meaning of it that that I could find, I really dug and I really got into. And um, uh, to the point that now, this summer, I am going to be watching all of the series in a unique way in 51 days to study them and see what's going on. Interesting. Uh, And I'll be kind of recording that online and so on and so forth. Uh, and you can find that at collinsfoundation.net, by the way. Yeah, anyway, I was going to just say, tell people where to find that, because that sounds like a very interesting idea. I've done it with Dark Shadows before, two years in a row, and so now I'm doing it with Star Trek, and I'm actually doing it in bands. So I'll watch the first hour of each, the second hour of each, the third hour of each. Okay. But they can follow it at collinsfoundation.net. Uh, as far as my uh, favorite series goes... Um, I mean, the original series is the is the core. It really is. It's it's the it's it's that kind of set of morality tales written in a very blatant Rod Serling style. Here's your political right. message. It's it's hilarious because now we think of Roddenberry as being so, you know, Roddenberry thinks he was oh, he was so subtle, sneaking things past. And uh, you know, you watch it now and it's like an anvil to the crotch. It is, but it's an yeah. anvil of common sense. Yeah. So, uh, in terms of the show that I like most, DS9, without a doubt. It's the All most right. nuanced, it's the most interesting. I, I can't get enough of it. Great. Fellow Niner there. Oh, yeah. Hear that. Like you, I grew up with TOS, but DS9 did become my favorite series over time, yeah. especially as I got older. Yeah. All right. Matt, how about you? Oh, actually, I got to thank my mom for introducing me to uh, TOS. Uh, TOS. Uh, well, it was in syndication, and so I basically grew up uh, watching Star Trek. Um, and then once in uh, in the nineties, when TNG came on, man, we were like just hooked. It was like, don't do anything, don't even call, just unplug the phone. We don't care. We're watching this, and uh, kind of got really hooked on on TNG. And then 
continued following everything like DS9, uh, Voyager, Enterprise. So uh, really, really got hooked. And out of the the best series for me, it's kind of hard. Just like Sebastian and Patrick were saying, um, you know, there's so much messages, there's so much fun on, on all of them. But I gotta say, it's it's the Star Trek experience for me that I love uh, out of all the series. And you know, you can nitpick on on saying, oh well, TNG first two seasons were here. Same thing for DS9. You know, first three seasons basically until. Cisco got his bald head, and then it really picked up. And then Voyager, when Seven or Nine came on, that's where it picked up. And Enterprise really picked up the last season, unfortunately. But uh, the Cisco uh, bald corollary is very important. If he's bald, it's yeah. a good episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's like it's like the Data thing. If you take one of Data's body parts off, it's a good episode. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> It is interesting with Cisco that that was you know that was Avery Brooks's look as Hawk, and then they had him grow the hair, and made him a commander. And it wasn't until they let him actually go back to the bald head and made him a captain that he had the gravitas to really pull off that role. Whereas Shatner couldn't have the gravitas with the bald head <laughs> right. and had to have the hair. If he had borrowed Cisco's hair, they both would have been great at the get go. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk oh, a little bit more about the show itself here. Now, Cathedral in the Void is the eighth episode of the continuing mission, but it's the first in three years. You guys had a little bit of a break. So first of all, it's great to see you back in action, but you it means Thank you've you. been doing this for a long time now, going all the way back to 2007. Interestingly, Christmas Day, right, was the yeah, Christmas Day 2007. I remember it well. was the, the publication of episode one. How did the idea for the continuing mission come about and who was involved? And of course, you answered this a little bit up front, Sebastian, but who was involved in creating the series? Well, it kind of all starts back when I was living in England and um, I was going to college and trying to decide what I wanted to do with my life. And I've always wanted to work in television but there was always something kind of holding me back and, you know, the parentals saying things like, get a real job. Right. The um, thing happened where I was thinking, well, I think I'll go to law school. And uh, that's what I'll do. And I applied to law school and uh, I was turned down, but I talked my way into law school and I got accepted. And um, I called uh, my friend Andy and I told him and he was like, oh, no, that's not a good idea. <laughs> so we kind of left it at that. And a couple of days later, we got on the phone again, and he says to me, well, uh, how do you like to do a Star Trek series? You, you directed an episode of my Doctor Who show, which uh, that's how we met. Would you like to come and do a Star Trek show? Because we'd spent the entire night talking about our mutual love for Star Trek. And uh, he said, uh, would you like to do a Star Trek show? And I, my immediate answer was absolutely not. Oh, really? <laughs> Just absolutely <laughs> not. And uh, so he says, oh, well, think about it. And so a few days later, I'm, I get this email with a list of episodes in the Microsoft Word format, starting with Ghost Ship, ending with this episode called Gate World. And uh, just this really cool breakdown, uh, just kind of small beats, 10-episode list. And I was like, wow, this is fantastic. Well, let's talk about it. So I actually started talking to him about 
doing a Star Trek show, and we, we went and started thinking about casting it, and how would we get people onto it, and uh, putting out a casting call, and it was kind of like, this is, this is what we're doing. It was just, it went from not happening to happening overnight. We wrote Ghost Ship between a Thursday and a Monday. Wow. It was done. And um, unfortunately, I look back on it now and I go, well, you know, I wish I'd uh, taken a little longer in some places. But, you know, say la vie, you, know, you live and you learn. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we got Ghost Ship together by casting it out on TrekWeb. And that's how um, Patrick uh, found us and uh, kind, of, kind of came in and, and, and said, I can help you with this. <laughs> and he did. He he came in and he helped his cast. I actors. He helped. He knew he knew actors where he was. Uh, we we brought in uh, some people. Andy and I brought in some people, and then Patrick brought in the rest. And we, he helped us build the stage. And uh, it, the rest is history. We we launched with the help of a friend who works at CNN. So um, he wrote a beautiful article about us uh, with uh, quotes from none other than. Ronald D. Moore in yeah. the actual uh, article, and we were launched with uh, about 140,000 listeners on Christmas wow. Day 2007. Amazing. It's great. I, I, I saw the connection with CNN and the, and the coverage. It's If you can launch and have that kind of connection, that's just, the, what, what would we call it in Star Trek? A latinum mine? Do they mine latinum? Or are they... <laughs> I, I just consider myself and, uh, and my colleagues very lucky that yeah. we, were able to, uh, we were able to do that. Yeah, great connections there. So, and Matt, when, when did you become involved? Uh, I actually got involved just now. Uh, like, it's it's funny that you're asking like right this, before the uh, show, right before you recorded. Oh yeah, right before the show. Actually, this is this <laughs> yeah, is basically he how just came in. <laughs> yeah, I just came in. <laughs> but uh, actually, it's funny you asked this and you bring this up. Is um, for uh, for months and months. I, I think I I could go back to September 2013, where um, right before the original website uh, was basically let let go or, or uh, retired um, I was basically asking questions just like any other fan of, the, of our show asking like when are, when is the next episode when's the next episode when's the next episode and you know at one point Andy did give us an, uh, a, a message saying yeah it's gonna come it's gonna come I'm like, all right awesome and then nothing like it vanished it's like oh my god and uh, back in uh, December I um, came across uh, other 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 people on other groups they're getting they're trying to get some audio engineers and I just basically answered a call say well show me how to do this I'll I'll pick it up and next thing you know uh, December rolls in January rolls in I got some some shows that I put together for other audio groups and while doing that I still had the continued mission in my head saying I gotta reach these guys I gotta find a way to reach them so you know, trying to go on Yahoo groups, asking people around, hey, do you know these guys? Uh, do you know uh, how I can reach them? No one knew. Finally got a uh, hold of the group on Facebook, tried to try contacting Andy. Tyra couldn't get an answer. I got, uh, I got uh, the continue mission email address and uh, nothing, no, no reply, up until one point where I basically saw S Sebastian. 
And then I messaged him on Facebook and I said, Hey, Sebastian, my name is Matt. I introduced myself, blah, blah, blah. Love the show. I'm a big fan. I'm an audio engineer. Do you guys need help? Can we kick this back into high gear? And um, next thing you know, I got uh, Sebastian giving me a shout on Facebook saying, Hey, man, I'd be cool to, to meet you. The same day, same day, we were on Skype. We talked. And then next thing you know, he's like, you know, give me four like, hours. Give me two, four hours, yeah, four hours. We talk. Wow. And then uh, next thing you know, he's like, give me, give me a couple, maybe a, a week or so. Let me talk to Patrick. He'll get back to me, and let's see. Frig, I just closed my computer, did some stuff, picked up my iPad. Next thing you know, I got a message on Facebook going from him saying, "Call me, call me now." <laughs> So I'm calling him on Skype. I'm like, "What's up? What's up?" Because I talked to Patrick. We got to do this, man. Let's go. Like, and I was like, "Well, wait a minute." And, and in my head, I'm like, "Wait a second. I've been listening to these these guys creating this amazing show for years, and now I have an opportunity to work with them, for them, and with them on on the show." Like, that's a that's Whoa! astounding. That's the most flattering thing. Honestly, it, I'm telling you, that idea blows me away. Yeah. It really does. Likewise. It, it, it's crazy it was, it was that we were doing was actually making other people so excited that it's like, mm -hmm. it, it's crazy to think that we had that, uh, that effect. And, and, and it's very and I, I got to say, uh, Matthew, you, you, you saved our bacon. You really, really, really did. I mean, as far <laughs> well, as I'm concerned, you're the hero of the beach in a lot of ways. You really, really are. Uh, I think if if anyone is to be ultimately credited uh, with, you know, phase two of continuing mission and, and really making it happen, making it a reality, uh, MVP right there. You, sir. I mean, Thank you very much, guys. I'm flattered. I'm really flattered. That's the truth. I, I, I mean, I'll add to that. I mean, not only was he diligent in trying to get a hold of us, uh, it wasn't just somebody, as so many people do, especially in Hollywood. They say they want to do something. They think they can do something. They, they come and they give you a treatment for something they can do, and then on the day, they can't do it. Right. They cannot deliver. And this guy didn't just say, I can. He came, he did, and it is. And it will be because of him. Well, more than that, he did a great job. I mean, it's it's one thing to just, to just kind of, you know, do a workman-like slap together. Uh, it's another thing to make it art. And mm. that's what you did. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. That's a fantastic story. That's um I wasn't expecting to hear that when I asked the question. I didn't cuz I've been communicating with Matt and I just thought like you're guiding this ship for a long time. So you really just stepped in and, and I I basically just stepped in into the realm of audio engineering only in September in December 2013. Really? Wow, yes. amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you want to call it a ship, I guess you could put Matt is in the engine room and he's stoking the and you know stoking the fire and he's making sure that that ship is running really well. Um, you know, and you have you have Patrick kind of in the engine room too, seeing as he's the chief engineer. <laughs> but, <laughs> I was about to say something about that. <laughs> you know, but you know, I'm more of a Guinan type. He's really. kind of more of the Guinan. He's the quiet listener, um, yeah. who everybody believes is you know. 
not even he doesn't even exist. I mean, you know, people are like, oh, this. I am a puppet like Baylock right now that you're seeing. <laughs> and so that cup really that I saw someone it. hand you earlier that has Tranya in it, right? I'm got, I'll tell you what, you can't keep me off the stuff. It, <laughs> Tranya is is the bane, but I'll tell you what, it that's a that's a quadro triticale that brings all the tribbles to the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're going to take this whole engineering next generation thing to its logical conclusion, I do have to ask you, Matt, now if you get some audio, if you've got a mic that's too hot and the levels are spiking, you're up in the red zone, do you do a barrel roll out of the studio to escape? Uh, no, just like Jordy, you know, those blast doors start coming down. Jordy's out of there. No, and I just call the guys up and go like, all right, what do I do? Or could we recast or could we do anything? No, no, I, I, I try my best to uh, to do uh, whatever we can with what we got. Because, I mean, we got to figure, we got to know that this is fan. So we try to do the best, best, best work we can do. But sometimes it is just out of our control. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can have the best artist available, and unfortunately, he is not. We cannot control what he has as far as equipment and stuff. And I mean, we got to do what we can. I've yeah. had bad experience on other pro- productions, and I've had to do barrel rolls just to get <laughs> a decent sound uh, to come out. And um, you know, that's that's the way. That's the business, I guess. There you go. Uh, quickly here because we're talking about this audio stuff can you guys take us through real quick like the process of creating one of these episodes from writing the script to actually doing the audio work and and this will be the the compressed version because we don't want to go through how long do you have (laughs) (laughs) right we could do a whole show on just that absolutely but you know just for listeners quickly like what's the process like so it's going to go something like this there's a suggestion for a story the story is flushed out, usually on the telephone with somebody. Then the story is written. We decide who needs to be cast as guest stars. Sometimes they're famous Star Trek guest stars, mm-hmm. but sometimes they're just people that we bring in because they've got good voice talent. And then uh, we set to work choosing dates to record them. Uh, once those dates are set, usually they stay pretty solid. The lines come in. They're reviewed. They start to drop into temporary tracks, and then sound effects are chosen and created. Sound sometimes you need a new sound because the sound doesn't exist in our universe. Just like Ben Bird had to create Star Wars sounds, sometimes we're creating sounds for continuing mission. And uh, basically, it comes together as a skeleton, and then act by act, Patrick and I will review the work which is created. And usually, you know, either by Matt and used to be by Andy. Um, and we will review the work and we will give notes as it goes along. And it will become Act 1 and then Act 1 and 2 and then Act 1, 2 and 3. And then sure mm-hmm. enough, it becomes the entire episode. And uh, we build it out from there. And, of course, once uh, we're seeing the episode take shape, I also start trying to generate some media buzz about it, trying to get some interviews, talk about the show, uh, and uh, make sure that uh, folks know that we're trying to make something cool for them. And Matt, the episode eight, Cathedral in the Void, is a little over 55 minutes. How long does it mm-hmm. take you to do the audio engineering for an episode like that with the sound it, and the music? 
It all depends. Uh, usually it'll take me about, I'd say, a relative, relatively, to do one minute of audio will take me about an hour yeah. to produce. Uh, cutting, uh, putting, the, uh, you know, cutting the, the lines, uh, adjusting the lines, putting them together, putting the music in, putting the sound effects, then revising it, revising it, and revising it, and revising it. <laughs> I'm a perfectionist. Unfortunately, it's my. It, it, I will take material and what will sound good to a lot of people. I I will reject it and have re-recordings re and retakes and reshufflings and retimings and, and drive Patrick absolutely insane. But that attention to detail really comes through in the audio. So it's it's great that you put that kind of of quality control on it and make sure that you get your vision. Well, the, and I'll, I appreciate that, but you know, it's also I should mention because Patrick directs these these uh, thespians mm -hmm. in his home. He brings them in, and a, a lot of this is due to his experience as a director and his cultural literacy and his ability to bring out the best performances in these people. There is absolutely not enough that you can say about having the best performances, and without his direction and his compass in in that sort of outing and that endeavor the show would be a quarter as good as it actually is and he was saying matt is a hero of this patrick's a hero of this too wow thank and, you uh, i was and same on, on the same wavelength i mean listening to how patrick directs our actors uh is also amazing um most of the time i will deal with you know, recordings that come in, and the person only recorded themselves uh, through a mic with the script, and they they've done three takes of the line, and that's it. Uh, Patrick puts in the 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 not just the effort, but the the passion in it, and it's for me listening, not just for an actor. Example, I'll take one of the examples, Scott Martinek, who's our captain. Listening to his lines, it's not just listening to the lines of how Scott will tell them, but then it's listening to to Patrick in the background say no do this tweak this tweak that you got it man that's awesome tweak this and, and other words that I'm not going to use on the podcast <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean it is just amazing and for me it actually makes my job even easier because then I know that if he likes that cut or he likes yeah. that take that's the one I'm going to take you know, yeah, and I'm, and I'm glad for that. That we we have a new Dr. Wilson, and um, he's uh, I'm I'm crazy about him. The uh, but he's a very different Dr. Wilson, and uh, getting him into the Wilsonian mode uh, was an interesting journey, and I was glad that we uh, that we were able to explore that twice. And uh, and the second time through, he really, I think, brought out uh, uh, some great stuff in himself, and uh, and he responded very well to uh, to direction, and uh, that was that was one of the great pleasures about coming back. You know, this had existed for um, a long time, and and it went into limbo. But we recorded these lines for the most part in 2010. Oh wow. And it just sat there, and I and I really thought this was maybe our best script. And because of the H.P. Lovecraft 
community, which is huge. This is going to have tremendous crossover appeal. And because they love audio dramas, and I'm kind of waiting for them to discover it a little bit, even more than they have. And um, and we had these lines, and I think David did a marvelous poetic job with it. Uh, and it was funny because they just sat there in my laptop for years, and um, it was uh, it was. Really sad. I remember it was a couple of years ago, and David, who's a very modest man, said, "Hey, you got those lines?" And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Well, can we listen to them?" And I said, "Sure." And I just was listening to them all split up, and so I, uh, I, you know, um, what I found so interesting in it was that. David's poetry was so beautiful, and the performances were so great. I'm not talking about mine. I'm talking about other people. And David, who's the biggest grouchy critic of his own work there is, just looked at me at one point during Scott's final monologue and said, did I write this? I was like, yeah, you did. And, and it was so sad that it was just going to sit there in the can. And yeah. before Sebastian contacted me, I was on the verge of just saying to heck with it and making essentially a writer's cut where I would have the dialogue and then as a narrator, I would just come in and explain what was going on uh, just so that people could get something. But they got a lot more than something. Yeah. yeah definitely. And just on the same same uh, same thought here, uh, Petra is touching the, the last the last portion of, of uh, the, the captain's monologue. And I was telling that to Sebastian this week, uh, or this week or right before we launched the episode. And out of the entire thing, I love the entire thing, but I just for some reason love how I set up uh, the, the last, the, the, the credits at the end. Just a song with with this like last two, three sentence that Captain Edwards is saying, and then Jack McGuire saying, saying his lines. And then this, the, the the theme song, the ending credits starting, I was like, wow! And if and listening to Patrick explain uh, what he just did just puts everything into perspective and really puts into more of a perspective for me. It's more like I think I've done more than justice. Uh, this is awesome. I mean, I hit hit it right on the nail. I mean, we have something very poetic, and the the the, the music that came in and dead on man this is yeah it came together beautifully while we're talking about this episode this is episode eight cathedral in the void and what can you tell listeners of course you don't want to give away the story but to get people going over there listening to this episode it's sort of an hp lovecraft inspired story in space tell tell us a little bit about the episode and how you came up with, with this particular story idea well, our writer, David Raines, is a huge Lovecraft fan, and all of these Lovecraftian creatures are from outer space. And, you know, the Star Trek characters, they're always running into, you know, these godlike beings, but, you know, they're benevolent, well, they're not benevolent, but, you know, they speak English, and, you know, they look, look like William Campbell, and, you yeah. know, ultimately, they're very relate or Clint Howard, you know, they're relatable. And, um... And he just said, well, if these massive 
entities, these strange entities, live in outer space. I mean, heck, one of Lovecraft's most famous uh, pieces is called The Color of Outer Space. Um, and if you mix a lot of alcohol, you can make the cooler of outer space. But anyway, the point is that uh, it seemed like a natural thing to knit together. And if, if we were to continue it and take the little blindfold off the bust of Gene Roddenberry, right. the thing that would have to happen is figuring out some form of communication with them. I mean, they are malevolent. Ultimately, they do think that they are gods, which Star Trek is absolutely full of. Um, but are they really? No, not really. So that's that's a lot of where that came from. And we just yeah. we knew it could be scary as all get out. Mm. Yeah, I'd like to add something about the story of Cathedral in the Void as well. One of the really wonderful things about continuing mission that I feel is the best thing that we do is we tell Star Trek stories. And Cathedral in the Void is on so many levels. It's got so many different layers. Um, and the best stories have lots of layers. There's the layer that the kids understand. There's the layer that you understand when you walk into the room and catch a few lines. There's the layer that you understand when you have an understanding of how stories are actually built, about things like the hero's journey and myth and legend and all the things that go into making what a real story is all about, especially things like the Bible. So Cathedral in the Void really has all these layers. You have you know, the quest to understand, and Star Trek does that so well. It's always about the quest to understand what's beyond the next star. And I think they're asking that question in Cathedral in the Void really acutely. It's really, what is that terrifying thing? And is it really what's inside us, which is the most terrifying thing? Or is it what awaits us out there somewhere? And the that, you know, uh, DeForest Kelly put it really well once when he suggested the idea for Star Trek V, which we will all agree was not the best Star Trek outing. I love that movie. <laughs> I love that movie. I really do. But go on. He said, what happens if we go in search of God and find the devil? Mm-hmm. And it's a great question. Cathedral in the Void? Well, I think we... I think we find some stuff which is, if there is a devil in space, I think this is it. It's a great concept, and I, I love the layers too. And and one other layer that you didn't mention that I find, and what I always talk about with Star Trek, is that there's also the layer that you understand as you go through life and you get older, and you, you see those elements in there Absolutely. that you didn't notice when you were younger. And, and, but you did pick up on one of the other layers, like you said. Well, well, that that is a great story concept, and uh, I've I've listened to it myself. I really enjoyed it, and hopefully, anyone listening to this show will go over to your website and listen to it as well. So, with episode eight now out there, people can go listen to it. What's next? Uh, Matt has has reenergized the continuing mission. You guys are going to chart new territory, explore strange new worlds. When can we look forward to episode nine? What are your plans for continuing? Are are you going to make it a regular thing? Is it going to be an occasional series? Well, it's a really good question, Chris. 
um, because it all really depends at this stage. And uh, we're in a, a position right now where some of our actors have kind of uh, moved on. It's been three years since we all got together on the bridge right. of the Montana. And, you know, people change, people move away, and they should, you know, change is life. And, you know, we need to decide where it's, got, you know, where it's best suited to, to move on to. Is, you know, is Cathedral in the Void the last outing? And if it is, it's a good one. It's a it really one. is. I mean, if it, if it is the last episode, wow. Considering how one. lost in time they are and what they conclude. Exactly, and and, and the last moment where Scott delivers his final monologue is the sky's the limit from all good things. It is that moment where Jake and Kira are staring out the window, wondering if if Cisco can see them. Uh, You know, it it, it has that poignancy. And if we do another one, I'm all for it. If we can make it work, if we can get the right actors into the right roles and it all comes together as easily as Cathedral and the Void finally coalesced. Once Matt came on board, we started making some big decisions quickly and said, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how long it's going to take. It's coming out on May 10th. It's time to start counting. You know, and Matt and I hammered away day after day until the sculpture was complete and Patrick would come in with his very special hammer and do all the little intricate details that we couldn't do on our own and bring in some extra stuff, like extra rolls that we didn't have recorded. And, like, you were asking, what's next? I would love to do another episode, but I really, really want it to be something the fans want to hear. And I, I want to. I know I want to hear from my production team if they want to do another one. You know, it's. And I think I think one wants to speak now. Well, there's <laughs> there are uh, there there are a couple of things. Um, one of them is that seeds exist in the first season for a, a really really interesting arc that can come together, and I'm not going to say much about it because that would spoil it. But it does have to do with certain things that Edwards drops about his past. Uh, it has to do potentially with Kelly and where she grew up. Uh, and it has to do with the fact that um, we're dealing with a very different Starfleet and a post Kittimer Starfleet that right. tries to be very PC. Um, in some un-PC times. So that is something that, that has been talked about off and on. David Raines is really good at layering uh, things and at planting seeds for things. He's, he's, he's the best writer I know. He's really, really good at that. And, um, and he does it so subtly. But that's kind of how the sort of Romulus trilogy evolved, is that he would do a self-contained story, but there would be these little hints, and then suddenly they would turn into this tapestry. Uh, the other episode that I would love to see done is the infamous uh, Omnipodus episode, where the crew is is held, you know, in the middle of space by one of these godlike beings, um, and uh, and they start making fun of his name, which is Omnipodus. <laughs> Who would name yeah. someone that? And basically, they have to await judgment, await trial. And they're just on the bridge. And they're just hanging out. 
and they start bickering, and they start talking about whether or not Gorns can be vegan. Uh, <laughs> they ask for a cheese tray from Omnipotus, and he brings it over. Captain Edwards has a cilantro allergy that comes up. They all talk about Edwards being creepy. And Sebastian, you remember when I wrote this, and it was, it was darn funny. And I would love to do that. It would be so easy because you just have bridge ambiance and the the crew kind of bickering. It's like it's like they're hanging it. out at monks. He acted all the roles. Oh yeah. He didn't just write that episode. He he, he went and like put it all together and I remember I mean, somewhere in the dark recesses I, of some somewhere that exists. I did Renshaw talking about eating the Gorn or or the Gorn <laughs> eating a Clydesdale. He said, yeah, I was a roommate with one. He ate a whole Clydesdale. He ate a horse. Not like a little one. No, a whole Clydesdale. It was amazing. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's well, a I want to hear that. I hope you make that. I, I want to hear this. I, I would be all for doing an episode that was a comedy. Um, you know, they did, they, they did comedy pretty well on Star Trek at times, and they did it terribly other times. And, you know... I think it would be really fun to do a comedy episode, uh, but there are so many serious things uh, that we can cover before then, and maybe a comedy would almost be like an end cap. And it, one of the things about continuing mission is there really is no end in sight for where, for these characters because they have now now that they're in the 24th century, you know, they're, they're starting to become more accustomed to where they are. You know, time is passing. Uh, for them, you know, I know seven years has passed since we started the show, um, but seven years hasn't passed for Captain Edwards. Um, but there, um, there's so many adventures for them to have. They, they could, you know, someone could try to sabotage the Galaxy Class Project, and they could save the Enterprise D before Captain Picard even takes command of it. Something cool like that. And, you know, our heroes could do anything. Interesting. Well, it's a good thing that you did not end episode eight with the sound of all the actors scribbling their signatures on a notepad right next to the microphone. <laughs> He's a funny guy, Patrick. We should think of that. I know. <laughs> all right. Well, last thing here, tell everyone where to go find this episode. Where can people listen to not only episode eight, but all of the episodes that you've done? And where can they also find the show in social media and on the website and find out more about what's going on? Maybe Jack McGuire could tell us. Sure. Uh, on iTunes and at Star Trek Continuing Mission.com. Uh, and I think several of the other. Is that the, is that the website? Star Trek Continuing Mission.com. Also, Twitter, Star Trek TCM, with the at thing in front of it uh, you know we try to keep up with our news out there and what's on iTunes it's on Stitcher uh, and it's on um, what's the other one Matt SoundCloud SoundCloud and they can so, come to my home and listen to it if they want I mean I'm just hanging out <laughs> you have to avoid the, uh, the snipers on the roof <laughs> it's very true I'll also mention that uh, with the SoundCloud player on your website you can also download the audio file as well. So, you know, if you have an old style iPod, whatever uh, you use, if you need an audio file, you can download that. Throw it they on can there download well. the, uh, yeah. every single episode off of our website as well directly. Um, so, yeah. And visit our website, visit our news, our, our Twitter feeds, uh, Facebook. We're putting almost a message a day, not if not more. Uh, on Facebook, uh, every time I, I get a little two minutes of work, 
I work for a Canadian government, so come on. I got I got time to kill. Uh, <laughs> I just put in <laughs> all some those boosts. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll just put some stuff uh, stuff up on 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 Facebook, trying to rile up the troops, and because uh, you know, like even myself, I'm I'm riled up. I'm I'm ready. To, I'm revving. The, the engine's revving. I'm ready to go for uh, for once. Uh, once Sebastian and Patrick say, Matt, let's go. We're we're off the races for the next one. Hey, I'm I'm here revving, just ready to go. Great. And what if people want to find you guys personally? Are you on Twitter? What's the best place? Uh, you could find me on Twitter and Facebook uh, if you're if you're looking to make contact for some reason. I can't imagine why, but if you do want to make contact, <laughs> you can go out onto onto Facebook or you can tweet at me. Um, you know, I'm I'm fairly um, accessible in that way. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm always interested in hearing uh, about story ideas. I mean, if you do have some fantastic Star Trek story and you you want to pitch it to continuing mission, if that's something that really really makes you excited, just uh, put it together as a pitch, as a treatment, and send it right over to Patrick, and he will read the story. And if it is awesome, he will come to me and say, "This is something we should do." But I, I must stress, just. Make sure that when you send it to Patrick, you give him plenty of time to have a look at it. We do create the show in our spare time as time allows. And, uh, you know, we, we're all very busy professionals. So, you know, we'll, we'll look at the script as fast as we can and, and get back to you. And, and if it's something we can do, we'll do it. Great. And what is your Twitter name, Sebastian? Um, it's just my name, Sebastian Pruth. Uh, all one word. Excellent. All right. What about you, Patrick? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at the real McRae, uh, and there are no dots or anything like that in there. Um, my main website is CollinsFoundation.net. As I said, most of my most of my spare time is devoted to uh, academic stuff, uh, etc., associated with Dark Shadows and the history of Dark Shadows. And um, I, you can also probably find me more often. Uh, at a much finer website, which is Collinsport Historical Society, which won the Rondo Award last year for best blog, and uh, was uh, was nominated this year, and we just put out a book that I wrote a lot of uh, called Monster Serial, uh, which is morbid love letters to horror movies. And, okay, um, it's not about Frankenberry, Count Chocula, no, but, and but we have okay. but we have a variant cover okay. that does look like a monster serial box. That's the Excellent. joke. And uh, Bride of Monster Serial is about to come out at the end of this month. And so that's CollinsportHistoricalSociety.com. That's awesome. Great. How about you, Matt? Well, uh, <laughs> you're going to laugh, but uh, being in web design and, and web field myself and a lot of in social media, the only place I'm at is on Facebook. Um, you, if uh, fans go, uh, go to Star Trek Continuing Mission Facebook page, uh, most of the postings, uh, I'm doing them, so they can pick me up uh, right there. Uh, and th I think the, the 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 most important message I'd like to to share for fans is uh, go see it, share it, listen to it, enjoy it, and most of all, drop us a note. Tell us how you felt about it. What did you love? Did you like the show? Do you want more? Can you not? not breathe can you not live yourself without having more of the of star trek the continuing mission in your life um you know uh, as 
people experience. I could not, and I'm actually glad, beyond glad, overjoyed of being part of the the team with Sebastian and Patrick and the rest of the cast and crew. Uh, so for me, it was a dream come true, and I love working with them. I want to continue working with these guys. I want to have a beer with them at one point once we can get together. But uh, yeah, it's it's. But out to the fans, come on, share it, talk about it, and tell us about about uh, the show. And if you want more, very good. And if you want to send Matthew a message here, you're gonna to have to do it Star Trek style. You're gonna to have to type it out on a pad and walk it over to him. Yes. <laughs> they can just go to, if they go to Facebook, uh, they'll see me right there, and uh, they can uh, met, you know instant message me on Facebook. Uh, it is the uh, the best best court, best way to, to reach me and to leave me a note, and I'll be glad to to read your note or drop in uh, drop in an email through our, our contact us page on the Star Trek Continuing Mission. I read all the the emails that come in, so uh, I'll be glad to to respond. I mean, have a a uh, fan that uh, that emailed me from uh, from Montreal uh, just a couple a couple of days ago, and we're probably gonna go down once I go down to my family in Montreal to have a beer. So we'll meet a fan there. So very cool. Well, thanks again for all your time tonight, guys. I was um, I'm really you. glad you could join me Thank on the show, and it was really yeah. fascinating to hear all about the the audio program. Thank you so much. Great fun. Thanks, thanks so much. I hope everyone enjoyed learning about Star Trek The Continuing Mission today. I certainly enjoyed having Patrick, Sebastian, and Matthew here on the show. But this isn't the only topic we've been discussing here on Trek FM this past week. So here's a quick look at some other things you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. DC Fontana. The jeans and everybody saw what she could do, and they allowed her to transcend the role of secretary much much as Peggy in Mad Men Earl Grey Saucer Separation and usually it's, it's said very dramatically the star drive section only? <laughs> what? like they left half the ship where is it? Uh, the other half will come on Tuesday could it be in a pocket dimension? I don't even know you left space stock without a saucer? the ready room hold on Jerry Taylor wrote the book on Janeway literally she wrote the book on Janeway, and she reinforced that ideal and that history and even made Mosaic canon because she could. The Orb. Imagining an Abramsverse DS9. I feel like that would be the arc of the first season, would be, what are the wormhole aliens? Are they aliens? Are they gods? You know, are they, they smoke powers? monsters? Are they smoke monsters? Is that them around the corner there? Why is there a polar bear on the station? <laughs> to the journey! Top 5 Voyager action sequences. Of course, I want you to do your Kate Mulgrew impression of her last words in the episode. <laughs> Time's up. That has to be your best one yet. Oh, thank you. Warp 5. Romulans on Enterprise. I think even in Kirshara, the, the Romulans might be thinking, like, we need to infiltrate the Vulcans. We need to bring them back to our side so we can nip this in the bide and make sure that this growing alliance doesn't happen. Commentary, Trek stars. Nemetric Part 1, Trek. This is actually the one episode where I enjoy Neelix when he's being annoying. But then also, uh, he gets a little something-something with the Klingon ladies. <laughs> Melodic Treks. 
because it is literally these two sips playing hide and seek in the nebula but all the way through the music is is, is there it, it's keeping you rooted to the, what's going on and it's just a major and integral part of what is going on on the screen. Literary Treks Bones chooses a, about being either a healer or a Starfleet officer and he chooses in this situation to be a Starfleet officer and it kind of... not easily. No, 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 no. Easily no. Oh, no, no, not at all. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe. You'll find them pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Windows Phone, Xbox, Zune. We're on Spreaker, BlackBerry. We're also on Swill, which is like the Pandora for podcasts. It's a great way to listen to our shows and let the app actually uncover other podcasts that you haven't heard before that it feels fit into your interest. It's, it kind of learns what you like to listen to, serves you up great podcasts from all over the world. And of course, you can also stream or get the RSS feed for this show from our website and drop that link into your favorite podcatcher. If you'd like an easy way to uncover some of our past content, because we have almost a thousand episodes here on the network now, lots of interviews, lots of discussion waiting for you. We have an artist page in iTunes where we actually group content by different topics, different subjects. Uh, We have things broken down also in the sidebar for different series. And it's a great way for you to find uh, stuff in our back catalog that you might not otherwise come across. And you can get there very quickly by just typing iTunes.com slash TrekFM in your web browser. It'll open that right up in your iTunes app for you. And while you're there, if you enjoy the show, please leave us a star rating and a written review. We love to hear from you, and it helps other fans find Continuing Mission as they're trying to learn more about the wider world of Star Trek in the iTunes store. Now, if you're streaming the show from our website, you can have it delivered directly to your device of choice by subscribing to the Continuing Mission show feed or to the Trek FM Complete Master Feed, which contains every episode of every show, along with some special audio content that you can't get anywhere else. The master feed is available in iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, and it will be coming to other outlets soon. And of course, the continuing mission show feed is available everywhere that I listed above. Now, we would love to chat with you about Star Trek The Continuing Mission, the wonderful audio dramas, or anything you want to talk about related to Star Trek. And you can get in touch with us in a number of ways. You can send us mail by going to trek.afilm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose to send to a show and choose continuing mission. And that will come to us by email. You can also send us a voicemail through the website. If you go to the show page for this episode, in the left sidebar, you'll see a large item that says send us voicemail. If you click that, you can just use your webcam's microphone to record a message and upload it to us right there from the page. If you prefer social media, find us on Twitter under username TrekFM, on Facebook at facebook.com slash TrekFM, Google Plus, we have a community there. Just search communities for Trek.fm and you'll find it. And also we have traditional forums if you prefer that, and those are at Trek.fm slash forums. 
If you'd like to find me, you can find me on Twitter. My username is C Brian Jones. That's the letter C and Brian with a Y. And you can find me pretty much everywhere in social media under that same username, as well as on my personal website at cbrianjones.com. And elsewhere on the network, I do quite a few shows. I do a show with Matthew Rushing called Literary Treks, which is about Star Trek books and comics. And we interview authors over there. Matthew and I also do The Orb together, which is about DS9. Warp 5 is about Enterprise. Matterstream is where I interview people about the world inspired by Star Trek. And I host The Ready Room every week with other hosts from all around the network. And we talk about Star Trek news and all five live-action Star Trek series on that show. And also, we've relaunched Hyper Channel, which is our daily news show. And each day, I bring you a few of the top stories from around the Star Trek universe in a short bits. Those shows are usually about 12 minutes long. And of course, you can find all of the episodes of all these shows, as I mentioned, in the Trek FM Complete Master Feed. It's a great way to sample everything that we're doing. Before I let you go, I'd like to tell you about our sponsor for today's show, Audible.com, the best source for audiobooks that you'll find anywhere. They have over 150,000 titles waiting for you right now, and they add hundreds of new titles every single week. As a Trek FM listener, we have a special offer for you. You can get any audiobook you like absolutely free just for trying Audible. And the way you do that is to go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up. If at the end of the trial you decide not to stick with Audible, there's nothing to lose because you get to keep that free audiobook. But if you love podcasts, I know you're going to love audiobooks. If you're already getting them from another source, go check out Audible. They have the best selection. They have great prices as well, especially when you sign up as a member. I've been using them for 14 years, which is hard for me to believe, but I have, and I absolutely love them. And they they do have new releases. They have current bestsellers, classics, lots of Star Trek books as well, pretty much any genre you can think of. It's all waiting for you there at audibletrial.com slash trekafilm. And we really thank you for supporting Audible because that helps us keep continuing mission coming to you each week. And we also thank Audible for their support of the show and the network. Well, thank you again, everyone, for listening today. Please go over to startrekcontinuingmission.com and check out these audio dramas. It's really great stuff, really creative stuff that they're doing there. They do a great job with the sound design as well. And check them out on Twitter. Again, that's Star Trek TCM. So join me again next week here on Continuing Mission, and let's see what's out there. <laughs>